What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. Well, I guess our, our listeners will now have that advice that uh, per Mike Sarone, you don't need brake fluid at all in yeah, general. Just, when someone says, hey, you need to replace your brake fluid, just say, what is that? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like, I, literally, because I looked at it and like, Bad brake fluid is supposed to be like dark brown or black or something like that. And mine's like like a darkish yellow. Like it still has a shade of yellow in it. And I'm like, uh, okay. So do you think Shit. they were trying to scam you then? They were scam artists, man. They were wow. like Bob Ross and they were telling me, hey, this is this brake fluid, man. This thing is black as night. That's a big <laughs> accusation. That's a big ac- – we might have to explore that in the Help I'm Drowning podcast. <laughs> hey. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, the the brake fluid scam artists out there. Dude, I want to be on that podcast, by the way. I, but that's right, what, what I are you an expert I, on? Well, that's the thing. That's why I commented well, on your. Uh, thing you don't have to be okay. So technically, <laughs> you you don't have to be an expert to be on the show. Because my plan is to actually have like random friends and guests and things like that, like uh-huh. depending on the subject matter. Um, so you, you you don't. I mean, I'm gonna have actual like expert. Like I'm. Uh, lining up interviews with this guy from like Virginia Tire and Auto and this credit guy for this credit episode and things like that. But I think there are plenty of episodes where I could literally just have you on and BS for a couple minutes because they're, they're <laughs> short episodes. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes long. <laughs> All right. See you, Ben. I'll let you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I got some plans. I actually was putting together the uh, uh, the, the show. You know how like so what podcasts will do now is before they'll launch, they'll actually put up like a two minute long like uh, preview, like show preview type of thing where they like tell you about what the podcast is going to yeah. be about and things yeah. like that. Yeah. That way they can already get up on iTunes and be ready to go. So I yeah, put together sure. something like that. Um, so I'm waiting to finish the touches on that before I upload that to iTunes. So, Hey, by the way, uh, did you get that text that I sent you about the inflatable house? Yes, I did. The inflatable oh. house. Yes, I saw there were two pictures there. The, ho- the house of inflatables, I should say. Yes, the, you were pretty fired house. up. You were pretty dude, fired up dude. about it. Well, that's the thing is that we went, uh, my sister invited us to go. It was uh, me and my mom and uh, my brother-in-law and my sister. And we drove to Alexandria because there's, there's this show on, uh, I don't know what channel, H- HGTV or maybe it's, maybe, no, it was ABC. It was ABC, sorry. It was actually a big wig channel, um, and uh, it was called I think the 
holiday Christmas light fight or something like that. And uh, it was a, b- a bunch of people who have no lives and they're literally just, you know, putting up a million lights. And it's like, oh, yeah, I started this back in the summer of 2016. You know, it's like, okay, sweet. It takes you four months to set it up. But it's like, you know, this house that was on that show on ABC was actually in Alexandria. And the guy, that guy actually won, which is surprising. So, wow. Uh, yeah, so we went there, and it was one of those places that you tune into like a FM channel on the radio, and you can actually uh, check it out and, uh, and 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 tune into the, the songs, and they're synced up and everything like that. Um, this guy is actually pretty interesting. I went back and watched the episode, and it's actually pretty interesting because this guy like welds and and bends all this uh, metal and stuff like that, metal piping and different things like that, and he like basically just hangs lights on what he welds and everything like that. Because like he like welded like a like a reindeer like three or four times to act like it was jumping in the air and then he put all the lights and synced synced them up and all this some some crazy stuff. But uh, doesn't at the same time I I just feel like these people that do this stuff like shouldn't they be like scientists or something like shouldn't they <laughs> do something with all this creativity like they become some uh, you know some artist or something like that but you know doing it all for Christmas lights on your house. Oh yeah, I just don't. Uh, Dude, the, fir- the, the, the first house was the funniest thing, though, because I started dying laughing because it was like a 23-year-old kid. And he said, I've been doing this ever since I was seven years old. And the first time I saw Christmas lights or something like that, I just loved it. And I was gravitated towards it. And, you know, I've been doing it for 16 years now. And uh, literally he had, I think, over 300 inflatables in a gigantic yard. That's insane. Like, this kid's a loser. I mean, he's a I mean, gigantic loser. Like, put the L on the forehead and just call yourself a loser because literally his parents are like, oh, we're so proud of, you know, Billy or whatever his name was. Uh, and it's like, how, how is this? I mean, he, he has them all sectioned off. Like, literally, he has like, oh, this is like the, uh, the, the Santa and reindeer on motorcycles section. Like, it's like, like. What, what, what do you do? He said that for his birthday and Christmas, all he asked for is inflatables. And I'm like, this guy, like... Yeah, his parents one, were thinking he was talking about something else. <laughs> that, hey, Jen said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, I wonder what other inflatables he has. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he's got a nice inflatable wife uh, underneath the bed as well. <laughs> Life size. Um, but yeah, <laughs> underneath the bed. Oh, that's funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, seriously, so that, that, that was basically, I mean, we're getting a little off topic for what I said, but still it's like, it's literally, that's what we went and did. And we saw, uh, this one house, I think it was, uh, I thought it was in Reston, but it, maybe it wasn't, I forgot where we were. And literally, like I said, the text I sent you, this house didn't have 300, 300 inflatables, but it had a ton of inflatables, maybe like, maybe, you know, 50 to a hundred and they were covering the whole entire front yard. They had like SpongeBob and they had like Santa throwing snowballs at a reindeer that was on a plank or something like that. Like it was, I, I just don't get it. Like some of these people just go all out to the point where it's like, I, I, where do you keep all this stuff? Like, I mean, literally it's in the like rooms you have- that you would have normally have children in, uh, but because you only could find an inflatable wife, uh, those rooms are empty. <laughs> Seriously, dude. It's like, anyways, it, th- that was just, I mean, it was pretty cool to see the first first house I wanted to show and all that stuff. But th- I'm telling you, these inflatable houses, I keep, I told you, ever, once Christmas ends, that's when I'm going to stop the inflatable talk until next year. But every Yeah, week you've been talking a, a lot of inflatables the past couple episodes. I told episodes. you every week. I told it's you an every obsession. Week, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I told you every week, every single time I see a new inflatable or some 
new moron out there that has a house uh, full of inflatables that just pop out of nowhere and blow up. It's like I, I'm, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you about it because in in the world today, the lazy lazy factor is getting like I, I blown out of proportion because like you know you always like I said you always see that nice house that has a a, a wreath and then a nice spotlight maybe a couple of trees and bushes you know lit up or whatever and maybe a little icicle here and there on the on the gutters but literally you see these people and it was like all right Santa he's gonna go over here on the left side of the yard okay snowman over here uh, Yoda over here and there, seriously there was a Yoda I saw of course I like, Yoda Yoda yeah he's the spirit of Christmas past. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. Yeah, he loves Christmas, man. I, I remember seeing it in The Last Jedi. Or whatever, uh, absolutely. Jedi or whatever the hell the, the, the one Jedi one is. That one but, Jedi, uh, you know, who's waiting yeah. in line. is uh, the last like, Jedi to show up uh, in that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a joke there. I didn't make it. Yeah, All right, you ready to kick this thing off? I know you're on a tight timeline here. Dude, that's the problem is that me and you, like, in this situation that we got here, you had something to go to tonight. I got something to go to tonight. And then tomorrow you're going to be kickboxing with uh, Jackie Chan. No, actually tomorrow like I'm going to be watching some hockey, some Caps Red Wings hockey. I'm going to be downtown. Oh, oh you're going down. Oh, so you're skipping the kickboxing. I'm skipping the boxing. You know, I think that one class would have done it for me. I think that class would have <laughs> been the one to get me ripped. Um, but instead I'm going to stuff my face with some chicken tenders. Uh, maybe some Bud Lights, but even though my license in DC, they don't uh, they don't like the because uh, it's it's a vertical license because oh, I hadn't gotten it changed in DC. They they don't like that vertical license. Hey hey, I I I've told you this multiple times that literally when we go out and do these broadcasting events in different areas stuff like that, I went to this random gas station that was like the only gas station open in this area. I don't know where I was, and I think I told you this because you were at a different event. And uh, it was this was like you know a handful of years ago, and literally I texted you because I was like, this these people won't let me buy this beer because I have a vertical license. I'm like, look at the date, like I'm like 23 years old at that time, obviously. I know. Same like, thing happened to me at Green Turtle downtown next to the Caps. They said uh, I've had I've had no issues there before, but this this last time I tried to order a beer, and the lady was like, uh, I, I handed her my license, and she was like. Uh, our policy is we don't accept vertical licenses. And I was like, no, no, but I'm 26. Like the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the date on there, all you have to do is check. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm not trying to pull one over it. I'm like, I, have I, a beard. <laughs> I was with my father. Um, and she was like, it's store policy. And then she was like, do you want me to bring a manager over? And I was like, I really don't. I really don't want that. I'll just accept my fate. I'll have a, a, a Pepsi. You guys got Pepsi. I'll have a Pepsi. <laughs> Yeah, do you accept the vertical license for these Pepsi? Well, that, that's the thing is like the government issued me this license, but your establishment won't accept it and take my business because I have a vertical license. It's like, wild. I got to get a change. I'm, I'm going to get a change. I think this before the end of 2018, your boy is going to waltz into a DMV and he's yeah. going to go for the horizontal. He's going to get the updated picture because the other one's from when I was 15 and it's oh. going to be it's going to be life changing. It's gonna be life changing. Yeah. I got well, once I got my CDL, I got a new one, and I, I felt like a new man. God, all your problems go away when you've got the horizontal license. There's yeah, no even like, question. You look like a champion. Exactly. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick out a nice Saturday morning, get up nice and early, and just spend all morning there at the old Dimva. And uh, <laughs> good old Dimva. And I, I hope I'll have the right <laughs> materials for it. I know you need about fifty different things uh, to prove you are you. I'm, I, I should tell them that, trust me, nobody would want to be me. Uh, have you seen me? 
I don't the worst part about the DMV, dude, is that when you go to the front counter or whatever, you always say, hey, I'm here to get a new license. And then they're like, okay, here's here you go. And they give you like like C37. And you're like, damn it. 36 people are ahead of me. And then all of a sudden, like, you go on the, the little screen and keep saying, like, like oh, F10. And then, like, G10. Or I keep saying 10. But then, like, A, you know, 32. And it's like, when the hell are they going to go to the damn C's? Yeah, like, there's no like, system there, man. It's all whatever they feel like doing that day. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the DC Crossover right here on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. I am your one of your hosts here, Ben Simpson, along with me, Michael Cerrone. That's me. At Cerrone16 on Twitter. I am at the DC Crossover on Twitter as well. And again, feel free to find our iTunes page, like, subscribe, rate us, uh, do whatever. Uh, buy us an inflatable. Buy Mike an inflatable because he Please. loves them. Uh, not not an inflatable girlfriend, but uh, an inflatable. I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> An inflatable Christmas decoration. That is what he likes. And this is the show where we cross over the various DC sports. This is going to be a little shorter episode than usual. Michael has some... Uh, I keep calling you Michael like I'm your teacher. Um, Mike has uh, some some uh, business to attend to this evening. And the Redskins are also the worst team ever. So we don't have a lot to touch on with them. Uh, but we'll touch on... A little bit of uh, Redskins talk. I want to briefly bring up kind of the latest on on the Nats front. Um, And then we also have some of our classics as far as two-point conversion and uh, Pine Pony Express and things of that nature. But we will start with the Washington Redskins as I welcome in my partner in crime, Mike Cerrone. And Mike, you actually watched this garbage. Uh, And you know what? I had... I was... I... I was at the gym when the game started. Surprisingly, I know. I wasn't there for the gym. I was there for the free pizza, Planet Fitness. Um, wow. And Is that the one on Route 28? Route 28, yep. That's that, oh, that's nice. the one. That's the one I go oh, to now. I've, I've heard good things. How about that? Uh, it's it's a gym, you know? It does <laughs> does the job. There's the, you, you hate being there, but it's actually pretty nice. There's a lot of sections I'm too intimidated to go over to. Um, and I just, ke- I just keep my distance and hang out over with all the uh, 50-year-old women on the treadmill. So... <laughs> Um, that's, that's what I do. Uh, but the game had started while I was there and I saw, you know, Adrian Peterson rush or two, and then I ended up having to go and I didn't put the game on. Um, but I saw, I I checked Facebook later on when the Redskins were losing, I believe at the time it was 34, nothing. Um, yes. And then I decided, well, I clearly need to be, be paying attention to this game. I got notifications. Mark Sanchez would taken out of the game and replaced by Josh Johnson. Um, funny story about Josh Johnson. I read this week that to get to know his, the teammates, uh, and the names of the teammates, he actually had to play Madden, 
um, to get uh, to know these guys because he did had such short amount of time. Um, so he Jeez. literally used Madden to kind of help him uh, learn all that. of these teammates and things like that. Yeah, that came out. Um, okay, who's my center? Let me let me go play with the Redskins. Well, exactly, okay. and uh, it's uh, so yeah, Mike. It wasn't pretty. That's to say the least. And now this team that you know four or five weeks ago we were talking. Oh, this could be a playoff run team. We we we, we talked about them a lot last show, but touch on a little bit what you saw in this Giants debacle. Uh, I mean, seriously, so I started watching, and a friend was in town, so the, my, my buddy was over. Uh, he's from South Carolina, or not from, but he, he uh, grew up here with me, so he was in town, so he came over for the game as well. And we were watching it, and uh, he was like, man, this game sucks. And I was like, yeah, it does. Um, because when you look at it, the first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, the first eight drives uh, combined with both teams the longest drive was surprisingly by the Redskins, five plays for 15 yards. Uh, so that was literally the first. <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. The first eight drives. First eight drives. The longest drive was five plays. Now, let's put it this way, okay? The Giants didn't have Pro Bowl safety Landon Collins. They also didn't have Pro Bowl wideout Odell Beckham. So when I saw that, because. The biggest thing was Saturday afternoon or whatever is when they broke the, the Beckham news that he wasn't going to play. And everyone's like, oh, this is good for Redskins fans. It's good for Redskins uh, you know, to, to come out here and not have to worry about him. They can worry about Barkley. Uh, and, of course, that didn't work um, because literally they just let uh, Saqu- Saquon run all over him. I mean, 14 carries, 170 yards and a touchdown. And then they had this Wayne Gallman guy come in, 14 carries, 38 yards. I mean, that's not great, but he's a backup. And you look at it, you're just like – uh, okay, what happened? I mean, the first quarter, and the funny thing was analysts and uh, uh, writers and all these different people for the Redskins particularly uh, were saying, oh, this might be a uh, uh, you know one-score ball game. Whoever scores first, this and that, this and that, whatever. And, uh, you know, because obviously, when you look at it, the Giants' first three drives were awful. They, they ran their uh, three and out every single drive. And that's the problem is that you look at it and say, Okay, they didn't do anything, but then they had that one pick six where the ball was tipped uh, from Mark Sanchez, and they got the pick six on the Redskins' uh, fourth drive. And overall, dude, it just went downhill ever since that pick six because, I mean, look at Mark Sanchez's stats, okay? Obviously, people want to say, oh, you know, if Sanchez, if Josh Johnson was in there, if Josh Johnson was in there when they were down 40 to nothing, okay? It was a lot different. Yeah, it's not like the defense is going you know, all out and exactly. uh, and all that at that point of the game. I don't think Josh Johnson is the savior that some yeah, Redskins the, fan made the, it sound like. the key to this. Because I, I thought team. Mark Sanchez was the savior. Yeah, exactly. I thought Colt I McCoy mean, was the savior. Yeah, Sanchez. I think Sanchez now in two games has like 70 yards passing in basically, what, six quarters? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's terrible. I mean, he was 6 for 14, 38 yards, two picks. I mean, it's like... Obviously, uh, he, he wasn't playing real well because he was throwing behind receivers, this and that. But overall, dude, some of these guys, like Jamison Crowder, yes, he had that big, long touchdown from Josh Johnson. But, I mean, he had literally uh, the balls thrown into his chest. and He was dropping them. They were hitting his hands. Uh, I believe Jamison Crowder was the one that had a deep ball that was thrown by Mark Sanchez. And it tipped off of his hands when it hit him in the hands. Like, and it was going to be like a, I don't know, like a 60-yard gain or something like that. And it was a perfect ball thrown by Mark Sanchez, a rare perfect ball, and you still can't catch it. It's like, I don't know what to do, man. It's just like, you look at this team, and ever since the first quarter, I mean, look think, think about it. The Giants scored 27 points, 27 in the second quarter. That's insane. And that's, 
That's without literally. And the funny thing is, is that their first two touchdowns were in four plays. Like they had like what four drives in the first quarter. They basically had almost four three and outs, pretty much, uh, except for the one field goal drive. But then all of a sudden, the next two went for four plays, and you had two touchdowns. Like I just, I just don't understand it. Like they, I don't know what happened to the defense. Obviously, the defense. Uh, isn't what people thought it was. You know, obviously it was kind of a false narrative in the early going of the season. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, he, obviously he's been hurt. But the problem is, dude, is that because Quentin Dunbar's been hurt, that's not the biggest thing that's happened to this defense. I think it's, like they said, like with D. Hall and uh, and Fred Smoot and all these guys that were talking about the scheme. I mean, Brian Mitchell said it as well on NBC Sports Washington that the scheme is not working. And Minuski is not changing the scheme. And that's the biggest thing you look at in this team is that, yes, they have Deron Payne. Yes, they have uh, HaHa Clinton Dix, who is, again, taking terrible angles to make tackles. They have Jonathan Allen. They got they got my, Matt Ioannidis, who was hurt again. Uh, but it's like you got these big-name players, DJ Swearinger, who is you know ranked as one of the top two or three safeties in the league for so many weeks this season. It's like you got these top guys. You know, Josh Norman, you know, he obviously was struggling early going. Then he started playing better. But it's like... You got these guys out there, and you're you're just you're getting waxed. I mean, literally, if you look at the, the the team stats, it's like it looked like they weren't even out on the field. I mean, they, they didn't do anything in the first quarter. So through three quarters, basically, the Giants scored over 400 yards. Basically, I mean, obviously, like I said, they had you know a few yards in the first first quarter, but through three quarters, they had over 390 yards. Okay, they had uh, you know a decent amount of passing yards, but their rushing yards were, were I mean, that was supposed to be the strength of this defense was a rushing attack. That sucks. And that's another thing is that the Redskins, ever since they changed to a 3-4 defense instead of a 4-3, they've, they've been terrible against the run. Like, every year, dude. And I just don't get it. Like, and it, don't the Lions play a 3-4 as well? Yes. Yeah, it's like the 4-3 the is where it's at. Like, get the three linebackers out there. I don't care about having guys on the outside and stuff like that. Get some guys to put their hand in the dirt and rush the pass, of, like, you know, in, on the line. You don't have to have these guys standing up and doing all these little knick-knack, paddywhack, give-a-dog-a-bone type things with Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan because they haven't been doing too much this season. I mean, it's like literally, once again, you see these guys go out there. Yes, I'm not saying they're not trying hard and all this kind of stuff, but, you know, some of these guys out there, you don't want to waste their talent. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan, you know, I, I've been, you know, so, so fan of his, but, you know, he's getting up there in age. And then you have some other guys that are getting up there in age as well to the point where it's like you're wasting time. And, and, you know, when you have these young guys, you can't have someone in there. And that's why last week I told you on our show that they need to get rid of uh, what's-his-face, Jay Gruden, because he looks like he's lost. Like, he's like a lost puppy out there almost every game. Like, literally. he, he Like, when they, when they were up 40 nothing, they showed him on the camera, and he was just like – like where am I? You know, like he just looked like someone just drugged him at a bar, and he was like, he just woke up in someone random, someone random person's bed. Like it was like the, like the randomest. It's like, like what is he doing out there? And then Greg Minuski, he's like sitting there looking like he wants to like you know spear somebody every two seconds, and you know it's, it just makes no sense to me why this is happening because obviously you have injuries and everything like that, but. I mean, I'll get to the injuries here after I let you talk. But to, to me, it's just, you know, I think the players quit. And I think they're just done. Because I think this season, ever since they were 6-3, and three, they've lost, what, four straight? And ever since they lost against the Eagles, they were just like, oh, we don't know what to do anymore. Like, we just don't have any faith in the offense. The offense with Alex wasn't scoring that much. Colt barely was in there. He was in there for a hot second. Then he broke his leg. So it's like, they just don't have any, any faith in that offense to score points. And I think... That's the biggest deal with this defense is that they just don't have a shot uh, in any game anymore because 
when they're turning the ball over with backups and they're still not scoring points, that's going to be a big issue for the next at least few games that they have left in the season. So two of the last four, well, the first two of the four losses, it was the Texas game, uh, the Redskins lost by two. They were in that game. You lost at Dallas on Thanksgiving. They were in that game as well. But as you said, the past couple games... Uh, been a little more demoralizing, 28-13 and then 40-16. And now, Mike, you head into you know two of the next three games being on the road in Jacksonville and Tennessee, which normally would probably be considered winnable games. Like if you'd asked yep. me five, six weeks ago, okay, you see that at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, those, those are winnable games, right? Of course I would have said yes. Um, and then they finish up against the Eagles at home. Mike, I could see this team losing out uh, for the remainder of this schedule. Uh, with uh, with this team, with the current team that they have, as you said, uh, the, the schemes aren't changing. We're we're now onto the fourth quarterback. Um, if I mean, if indeed they maybe start Josh Johnson next game. Oh, they are. They're already there. Yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, there that's which is great. But at the same time, again, this is a guy that had to learn his teammates' names on Madden. This is a guy that wasn't <laughs> starting or even a backup quarterback in the NFL uh, until now. So. I think if you're Redskins fans, you gotta just you just gotta basically press fast forward for the rest of the season through the playoffs into the off season again because this is uh, pretty awful now at six and seven. The funny thing is, is technically second in the NFC NFC East still. That's the funny yeah. part. <laughs> the funny thing is as well is that. You know, if Josh Johnson's learning Madden, I hope he didn't look at Mason Foster's speed rating because, I mean, he's like a freaking defensive tackle. I mean, that guy is the slowest linebacker I've ever seen in my life. I mean, literally, he's out there in pass coverage, and I forgot which play it was where he literally is trailing the play, and the guy is getting tackled. He's still not, like, catching him. Like, I just don't – I don't get it. Like, he's, he's good for play calling and all that kind of stuff, but, I mean, he, he's just, he just sucks in pass coverage. I just can't stand it, but – the same time you know you look at this team like i mentioned before the injuries are just atrocious i mean i got a list of the injuries right here which honestly it's, it's a lot of injuries don't get me wrong but again it's not an excuse that you can give jake rudin to keep his job and anybody that is six and three like look at the jim zorn era i think they uh in that season they went like six and two or something like that and they finished the season like two and eight or something like that or two and six it's like you can't do that you had that that big of a cushion you know okay one or two slip ups but then you got to get back on the on, on, on the pony and keep going you know that's the thing is like you look at the injury reserve for the redskins obviously the injuries are a big deal darius geis troy apke cam sims there's a three you know people we got in the draft this year and also uh, uh Jerron christian another guy in the draft trey quinn another guy in the draft um, and let's see, there's, there's one more. But anyways, you have, I mean, you have Alex Smith, uh, you know, Brandon Sheriff. You have Sean Laval, who's not the greatest, but he still it, it was a starter. And then you have Paul Richardson, who was supposed to be a big deal this year. Uh, you know, and Robert Davis, who was who was great in the preseason. Everyone thought big things. And he has a broken leg and tore LCL. So it's like you, you just look at it. Um, and those are the only guys that are on IR. There's other guys that are injured, but it's like. That's again, like I said, that's just a post that, or uh, excuse me, a um, an excuse that you, you just can't have. Like every single year, it's like I understand that you may you know have a great scheme or you may have uh, you know uh, great pre- preparation or whatever, and the guys just don't execute on the field. But literally, when we were all healthy, yet yes, we had a good, decent record, but we were winning ugly. And that's one thing you never want to hear your team because I was never fired up for this team because of the sole fact that. 
winning ugly is not something that's impressive. I don't think the Redskins uh, got anywhere, anywhere, literally, anywhere uh, under uh, the 10th ranked team in the power rankings for any site, CBS, ESPN, whatever it may be. And that's the biggest thing is I don't think any of these teams uh, that were, you know, had worse records or that we beat got behind the Redskins in the power rankings because of the sole fact that, that we were winning ugly. Like, we were winning the close games and we weren't turning the ball over and this and that. And that's the problem is that you can't have team, you can't have a team like that and, you know, save your job and say, oh, yeah, we're winning games, we're winning ugly, so we're going to go into the playoffs somehow and, you know, lose, you know, 40 to 16 to the Giants or something stupid like that, you know? So it's like, you look at these next two games that you mentioned, uh, you know, with the, 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 the Jags, the Titans, stuff like that. You know, the Jags, their defense is great, their offense sucks. The Titans are, uh, I mean, uh, a crazy team because they're, you know, they're on fire this this week and then they lay an egg the next week. So it's just like you never know. But really, like I said, it doesn't matter. You have to now. You have to start planning on the next season. And now it's, it's you're looking at the Cowboys not having a first round pick because they gave it away from Mari Cooper. The Redskins at six and seven. I condone tanking for this team. One hundred percent. Yeah. You need to get. You need to get a great draft pick. And I don't care who it is, but people were thinking, okay, the Redskins are going to draft like in the twenties, something like that. And I saw the mock drafts when they were when they were like five and two on the season. They all they were all like, oh, they're going to draft later in the draft, so they might get this guy, this guy. You need to do something that that can fill some type of need in free agency. You got to go after a guard. You have to get some type of interior lineman to help boot, uh, bolster your offensive line because people keep getting hurt left and right, this and that. Trent Williams is getting old. And that's the thing is you got to go also in the draft and get secondary help and a wide receiver. You got to get speed. You got to get size. You got to get something because obviously the playmakers on offense on on the wide receiver core aren't aren't doing enough. And also in the uh, in the secondary with one guy going down and Kendall Fuller being lost because we gave him away to the Chiefs for Alex Smith. I mean that's two big things. And I don't know if you saw yesterday for the pack attack, freaking Bashad Breeland who was on our team for the past however many years got to pick six. So it's like everyone is, you know, you know, do, doing big things that used to be on the Redskins. I mean, Kendall Fuller had the the final uh, pass attempt breakup against the Ravens last or yesterday in overtime. So it's like all these guys are making plays, but they're not making plays for the Redskins because the Redskins got rid of them. And that's the biggest thing is they they have to make moves. They have to get some type of big thing. And I don't know if you heard this, Ben, but the Raiders just got rid of they their did. general manager. They did, and 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 everyone's has the rumors. It's been rumors now for a couple of years now. That ever since John Gruden uh, was rumored before and now is the coach, they're thinking that Bruce Allen is probably going to take that job. And that might be a godsend because then we can get someone in here to make those moves that we need to have happen next year. Absolutely. That is the latest. Uh, again, we'll be keeping folks uh, up to date as, as, as news breaks kind of as the season goes by, if, if anything else more comes to that. But, yeah, it was a pretty big deal with, with McKenzie out um, of Oakland there. you got to think that John Gruden wanted full control of every possible situation. Um, they, got three, they got three number ones this year. They're, they're set. Yeah. Yep. So we'll kind of see how that all plays out. Uh, we'll get our final thoughts here before we wrap up this kind of quick segment on the Washington Redskins. So, Mike, over-under on how many – let's see. We've got to set the line here for over-under on how many minutes – that I will watch the Washington Redskins <laughs> for the final three games of the season. Let's set the over under at 10 minutes, okay, 10 so minutes. There's... there's three games left and I will not do anything intentionally to sway this. I will just go about my business and act as if I normally would actually let's up it to 20. So we'll say 20 minutes. Uh, so there's three, three games worth though. Three games worth. Will I okay. watch over or under 20 minutes of Washington Redskins football uh, for the next three games? 
total. When do when do the Lions play? That's my only question. I only get one question. That's my that's my question. Sure. You gotta look at that because if they play, I mean, because I think the Redskins have have three uh, uh, one o'clock games. I mean, if I'm not mistaken. So if the Redskins got three one o'clock so. games, I'm gonna check, I need to check that out because if the Redskins got three. I have it right in front of me. Games, so we've got a one o'clock Jacksonville, four thirty Tennessee, one o'clock Eagles. So the okay, fourth, oh fourth, you said four thirty Tennessee. Yeah, there's one four thirty game mixed here. The rest are one o'clock. The Lions three games are all one o'clock games at Buffalo, home versus the Vikings at the Packers. So the the, the Vikings is the second game you're saying. Is the second game of the two? So yeah, so that would be uh, the same week as Tennessee week. And with the, with the Lions winning this week, they have no shot. And it actually the, looks uh, like the Redskins, according to this, it says the Redskins play twelve twenty two, and the Lions play twelve twenty three. I think it's because I think the Tennessee game is a Saturday. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, the, I, now, now, I just just remembered that when I think that's a Saturday game. And Saturday, you're not going to be watching it because you're going to be watching well, college football, not. maybe. Yeah, oh, more yeah. basketball. Yeah, maybe maybe a little right, George basketball. Mason basketball action. We'll maybe, see. Maybe, maybe the uh, Patriot action there. Um, so 20 minutes. Oh, 20 minutes 20 is the line. Minutes. I'm going to go – I'll go with under. Okay. Because, and you have to keep track of this. Thing, I will. Okay? I will track I it. You. Each of those days, the 16th, the 22nd, and the 30th, I will have a stopwatch with me at all times. <laughs> and anytime the Washington Redskins are on and I am paying attention to them, that stopwatch is being clicked on. I promise. Uh, scouts, you, man, scouts honor. Scouts, yeah, scouts, I was never in the scouts, so don't know what that means. So, um. <laughs> all right, then we, we got it there. We uh, That's... That's Mike Cerrone. I'm Ben Simpson. That finishes up segment number one here of the DC crossover. Next segment, we'll talk a little Nats baseball and the latest with Bryce Harper, Mark Lerner, and uh, maybe we'll spend 10 seconds on the Washington Wizards as well. Come on back for segment two of the DC crossover. The DC crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit parandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571. 510-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back, Pine Ponies, to the DC Crossover. Segment number two here. We're talking a little Washington Nationals baseball as the Nats principal owner, Mark Lerner, uh, when asked about Bryce Harper, uh, this was on last Friday, uh, said, I, I really don't expect him to come back at this point. And uh, so now, as, as fans are kind of wondering what's going to happen here with Bryce Harper, will he come back to the Washington Nationals? You have the actual owner 
of the Nationals, the man who's signing the checks, saying he doesn't really expect him to come back. So, Mike, what does this mean in your eyes as far as, I mean, do we do we take Mark? I mean, obviously this doesn't necessarily mean for sure that the, the, the Nats aren't interested in Bryce Harper coming back, of course, but this is more of this is Mark Lerner's opinion. Do you share that opinion, or what are you kind of thinking at this point? It seems like everything changes day to day by now. I mean, honestly, I think that hearing that – it's more so set in stone because when you think about it, uh, their offer obviously was 10 years, 300 million, and there was apparently no opt out clauses or anything of that nature in the deal, which obviously Harper's not going to sign. He said that, that that money's too low for Harper, obviously, because you know, he's a superstar, all this type of stuff you want to say and what, whatnot. But a deal that big, you're going to have an opt-out clause in there somewhere, you know, for, you know, three or four years. Like, I want to know what Corbin's opt-out clause is because he's not going to be pitching until he's 36 or whatever, how old he is when it, when that comes out. But I'll check out that later, but that's another uh, another subject. But in my opinion, I think that if, if they, you know, say, hey, let's make one more push for Bryce. Let's let him test free agency. Let's let him, you know, you know, you know, put his foot in the water and, and test out the temperature of all the other teams. Uh, mainly the Dodgers and the Phillies are the lead uh, dogs right now, from what I'm hearing. Uh, but let him let, let him feel it out a little bit. Let let him have his space. Let's give him his space. Uh, and I think also it's a, it's not a mind game trick. That's what they try to do, especially with Scott Boris. You know, he's going to be a hard ass and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a little bit mind games. I, I want to get your opinion here on on this in a second. But if if they say something like that, just think about this. If they let him, you know, put his foot in the water, you know, put his little toe in the water and, and dabble in, say, hey, uh, hey, hey, L.A., how you doing? Hey, uh, Philadelphia, what's going on? Who, who wants to play for the Phillies? Because Philadelphia is a terrible city. Garbage um, city. But, uh, <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's like that's the thing you got to look at here is that if they let him do that, let him have the freedom, let him have a little breathing room, this and that, I think that, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, they're going to give one more final offer, a legitimate offer, because – they might think that if these other two teams are in play, then they could say, "Oh, we'll give them a, a bogus offer to start off, and then act like we're not, you know, in play or whatnot, and then try to swoop in for the kill, like Mike Rizzo style, and maybe get an offer that they are more comfortable with." Uh, and, and you know, because obviously, if it's only down to between quote unquote two teams, the Dodgers and the Phillies, that are going to throw offers at him, then hey. Maybe maybe Price wants to stay here because that's the rumors, though. By the way, that that he wants to stay here because he likes the city, and you know he that, that's what people have been saying uh, over the past year and a half or so, and even lately. So that's the biggest thing that I'm looking at is I think that it's a little bit of a mind game trick uh, to make these other two teams not go too hard uh, with their offers because obviously the Phillies are also. Uh, leading the charge with Manny Machado. So if the Phillies get Machado, I highly doubt they're going to get Harper as well because that's going to handcuff them for a while. But at the same time, you think about it here, Ben, and overall I think it's, oh, yeah, we're going to swoop in and try to challenge, the, the, the say, the Dodgers, for instance, at the very last second, say, hey, Bryce, they're going to offer you, you know, you know, $400 million. We'll offer you three seventy-five dollars and, and, and you, know, you know, 10 years or whatever, and we'll give you an opt-out clause after year number four or five. So it's like that's the deal that would be, that'd be beneficial because they might get a hometown discount. And that $25 million, I'm just saying, you know, per se, just, just throwing out numbers here, that $25 million might be the hometown discount they get. You know, so who knows? Because obviously I think 
I can speak for you as well. I think Bryce Harper is, is a stand-up guy, and I don't think that he's going to say, oh, if I get that extra $25 million over 10 years, it's like, what, $2.5 million a year? That's, that's really nothing. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's a lot of money, but he's still getting a ton of money in a, in a brink struck as it is. So overall, I think it's a kind of a little bit of a mind game, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I think the idea that the Washington Nationals can't afford Bryce Harper's price tag is kind of ridiculous because we know yeah, that this team focus. is fine with dishing out the money left and right. We know what they did with the Jason Worth contract. We know what they did with Max Scherzer's contract, the money that they paid Steven Strasburg. Uh, we know that the team, and, and reason, more recently, Patrick Corbin deal. So we know this team sure. can spend the money. Uh, I, I do think that there is a little bit of hey, you know, this was our initial offer. This is the feedback we got on the initial offer. Let's let everybody else kind of uh, put in their offers. But we know at the end of the day that if our money's good and we up ours a little bit from we, what we initially offered, you know Bryce out of all the teams would rather come back and play for the Washington Nationals. And, and this happens with a lot of guys that, you know, you, you, you've played your entire career there. You've grown up through the system. You have established roots um, in, in the D.C. area. It, it's it's uh, People underestimate the human part of it as well as far as uprooting your family now obviously his home base is las vegas but he's got a place in downtown he's had a place there for years uh you know his he and his wife live there he you know he knows he's got his favorite restaurants and he's got his you know uh, all these kind of different different elements where he knows that really well uprooting and going into a new city that's a really daunting thing and i know he's a millionaire so he'll be able to afford whatever and go wherever but at the same time he's still relatively young guy i mean 25 26 he's got his wife he's uh you know they uh, i assume thinking about kids as well and uh, i mean he is mormon so you know they, they they're they're uh, happy with uh, putting out quite a quite a few um so you know i i think that uh you're right i think he, he would he wants to stay in dc i think the learners can afford for him to stay in dc now we just gotta see how this plays out i mean the winter meetings are this week they're in las vegas um you you we, i'm sure rizzo uh, and the Nats and and then Harper and Boers, they've all kind of heard everything at this point from each other's sides. There's not really a lot of negotiation that needs to happen. It's pretty much the deal is the Nats have to pay up to bring Bryce back. And that's it. And are they going to do it? Um, that's the big question. Can they do it? Of course, they have the money to do it. I do think, though, Mike, the interesting question that I'll ask and see what you think about this is, if Juan Soto did not have such a fantastic season last year, do you think the pressure would be greater for the Washington Nationals to bring back Harper? Because as we know, you know, with Robles and Soto and Adam, a healthy Adam Eaton who played well, um, you know, this outfield is better than it had uh, than than maybe what it would have been if Bryce Harper, let's say, wasn't on the team last year or something like that. Um, You know, do you think that Soto playing so well now kind of lets ownership have a little bit of leverage to say, look, if we miss out on Bryce, it's not the end of the world. We've got a young superstar waiting in the wings. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is if Juan Soto did not perform the way he did, uh, you know, coming in second in the rookie of the year voting and all that kind of stuff, I think that honestly they would be like, all right, we have to really push for, you know, for Bryce because. Juan isn't really panning out to to the way we thought and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, it's like, you know, like you mentioned, and I'm going to go along with that as well, is moving sucks. Like, moving just sucks. Like, especially if he goes to the Dodgers, it's like, okay, I got to fly all my crap over there. I got to have, you know, an 18-wheeler, take all my crap, all that kind of stuff. And, yes, I'll be closer to Vegas, but at the same time, it's like, you still got to fly to Vegas if you're in L.A., you know. And that's the thing is, you know, 
the thing about the fan bases is that, you know, if, if he plays here, he already knows that the fans here love him. Say he goes to L.A., say he goes to Philadelphia or some of these other teams, okay? Say he goes there and he, you know, has a bad season or so. They start to boo him, okay? Do you really want that that, that pressure on you where you have a season like you just did where, yes, a bad season for Bryce Harper is a pretty good season for some other players. But, you know, do you really think that you're going to go out there and bat, you know, 250 and they pay you this much money and the the fans are going to say, yeah, Bryce, yeah, yeah, it's like, no, they're going to be like, why do we pay this guy so much damn money? And we brought him over here to literally be with our team for 10 years. And his first year of his contract, he's out here batting 240 with 20 home runs with, you know, 10 games to go. You know, it's like, there's no point. It's like, do you want to take that risk? And do you want to start over somewhere? Like, do you really want to start over? Or do you want to be the face, the face of DC sports? Because Alex Ovechkin and all these, obviously the Redskins have no face. Uh, and the Wizards, you know, they're probably going to get rid of all their faces here soon, hopefully. But it's like you literally look at it, and you know, Ovechkin, he's going to retire here soon, and you know, he's going to he's he might start slowing down here soon. This year, he's he's still kicking ass, but overall, you know, if the if if the Nats, and I think you might have mentioned this before, if the Nats win a World Series, it's going to trump what the Caps did, and that's just how it is because baseball is bigger than the Caps and it's more popular. But that's the biggest thing that you look at it and say, do you really want to start over? Or do you want to be the face of this franchise for the next decade? And that's the biggest thing is there's no other guy on this on this roster, no matter how many Cy Young's Scherzer wins, no matter how fast Strasburg's throwing or how dirty his curveball is or whatever, there's no other guy than Bryce Harper on this team that you can say, hey, I know who the Nats are. They have Bryce Harper. You know, it's like that, that's the thing you got to look at. And that's another thing that people don't understand is that, you know, it's not just about the money. Everyone's like, everyone always says that excuse. It's, it's about the money. It's about the money. It's this and that, this and that. Like, if the Nats offer him a little bit less, I think he might take that because of all those factors because that much money goes into those factors because then you start weighing the pros and cons when it comes down to brass tacks and how close the money is in, in that many years. So honestly, I totally agree with you as well because uh, you know now when you're looking at Soto and Robles coming up, Carter Keyboom, who's going to be a star here, and uh, they're, they're kind of estimating him to be a star now. I've read about it, uh, 2020, 2021, something like that. Does Bryce want to be that veteran guy to come in there and play with these young young bucks? And, you know, all of a sudden, these guys are playing like all-stars. And, you know, the, I mean, that's the thing about these guys' mentality now, Ben, is that Robles and Soto, I don't know if they understand some of the English that we're, we're talking about right now, but <laughs> like you had your Nats Fest with uh, Severino and company. Uh, but literally, these guys don't really care. They have, they have no no care in the world about people's, you know, uh, you know, uh, thoughts about this team they want to go out there and play baseball that's what they do you know so it's like you don't have these guys that come out to play ian desmond and wilson ramos that go out there and strike out 25 times in a series against the giants and they literally hurt the team in the fifth and sixth spot in the order you know it's like these guys just go out there and they play ball i mean that's the thing is that i think that if harper wants to play with these younger guys you know like i said carter Keyboom, soto robles turner you know, you got Scherzer still on the team, Strasburg on the team, Corbin now. I mean, you got these guys on the team where this this team is literally transforming from two years ago to now it's like turned upside down from a oh a veteran uh, led team with Jason Worth and Ryan Zimmerman who sucks and uh, you know all these kind of guys out there. So now it's turned upside down to saying like, oh Harper, you're the veteran now, and you got all these guys that have just got out of high school basically that you're gonna lead. 
So it's like which kind of you know which kind of you know spot does he want to be in? And that's gonna what's gonna come down to. And I honestly think you know if he doesn't come back. You know, like we said, we're, we're set. It's okay. But if he does come back, I think it's going to be fun to watch, dude. Because oh, you, have these young, you, you have these young guys. You have Harper out there hitting 500-foot bombs left and right. Soto out there, you know, you know, playing his ass off. And Robles playing like he can. Turner and Robles, they're, they're their speed. I mean, it's like it's crazy, dude. It's going to be so much fun to watch in the next five years. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if, let's say, Bryce does return to the Washington Nationals, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the outfield rotation, because then you have oh, yeah. four decent outfielders there. Maybe you bring Robles into the infield, maybe you bring Soto into the infield. We'll see how that all plays out. The winter meetings, again, happening this week. So, Hey, by uh, the way, real yeah, quick to interrupt sure. you, I just saw something online that is saying that uh, probably towards these, interme- the, these winter meetings, that uh, within the last 24 hours that Mike Rizzo is trying to make a play for DJ LeMahieu from the Rockies for a short-term deal uh, before Carter Keboom is ready to come up. Uh, they said that he, the, the deal would possibly be, it's obviously you know rumors right now, but they said that they've been in touch with DJ LeMahieu's camp uh, to see if they... Uh, they might want to do a short term. I mean, obviously he's 30, so they might want to do a short term, about a, a two to three year deal with DJ LeMahieu, who obviously is, is a beast with the bat. I mean, think about it. His last three seasons, uh, he's, he's been a monster with the bat, or the last four seasons, I should say, batting 301 in his all star campaign in 15, 348 and 16, 310 and 17. And last year was a little bit more of a down year, but he still had 15 bombs. You know, so honestly, that would be a pretty big pickup. So you can have Carter Keboom not have to be rushed into the fold, and you have DJ LeMahieu, another bat to add, add to the mix here. Yeah, that would be huge, especially in that second base position, which you basically it's by committee uh, right yeah. now. With is it going to yeah. be Howie Kendrick? Is it going to be Keboom, as you mentioned, uh, as well as Wilmer Defoe? So that that brings in a, a power bat uh, into the middle infield where. You know, where, where they kind of desperately need it because Anthony Rendon's really their only power guy in the infield yeah. uh, at this point. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out real quick uh, before we move uh, to our final segment. I want to touch briefly on the Washington Wizards, who are now 11 and 15. So since our last episode, uh, by, well, actually, no, our last episode, we were kind of covering. They had won, you know, two, three games in a row, Brooklyn, New York and Atlanta. Um, and then over the weekend, Mike had one of their worst losses <laughs> all season, losing in Cleveland, 116-101, to 101, where John Wall had a career-worst game. I believe he had one point um, yep. in the game. And now heading into a kind of a tough stretch here on the schedule because you're at Indiana tonight. That game's happening right now. And then you're home against Boston. You're coming off a game where you're arguably your best player or quote-unquote best player at one point. Things are... And the Washington Wizards also traded away Jason Smith, who um, I'm not, you know, saying that Jason Smith was a terrific basketball player, but... It is widely known in the league that Jason Smith is a terrific locker room guy and <laughs> and was good in the, this Wizards locker room. Uh, there was apparently a lot of <clears throat> negative reactions to this move uh, by the Washington Wizards that sent Jason Smith in a pick uh, for Sam Decker. So I guess it points to just another thing, Mike, that I, f- I think the Wizards front office is clueless about is, I mean, this is already known as one of the most volatile locker rooms in the NBA. Um, yes. And now you send away one of your best quote unquote locker room guys uh, for Sam Decker and you lose a pick. Uh, again, this, this is just a clueless move by the front office. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is, obviously, second round picks, they don't really come around, and then they're not really the best, uh, you know, uh, people out there to play in the NBA. They're usually kind of just fill-ins for the most part. But at the same time, you're giving away a draft pick, which you could have used possibly in a different type of trade, and the sole fact that you got Sam Decker, who, yes, I, I believe he was at he was a Badger. I think he was a Wisconsin Badger. Yeah, he was. Mistaken. Yeah, he was part and, of that Kaminsky team, I think. Yeah, Decker right, and Kaminsky. Right. True, true, true. So, uh, literally, he's not a bad shooter or stuff like that, but he's averaging like six points a game. And it's like, I gave away Jason Smith, I understand, and you get younger with Sam Decker, but again, you gave away a pick that you could have traded for. And that's the thing is, like, I understand, you know, you, you, know, you want to get younger and, and you want to you try to do this, do I try to do that, or whatever. But it's like, like you said, the, the, the locker room is already, I mean, these, these guys want to punch each other on a daily basis. And it's like, Okay, John Wall's throwing f bombs left and right. And I understand that you know John Wall. He did have a bad game, but they, they said he was he was hurt stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, why are you playing him then? That makes zero sense. You know, Kelly Oubre still only had twenty three minutes. Jeff Green had twenty minutes. I mean, it's like you lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who had literally won five games prior to that game all season. They were five and twenty. It's like, how do you lose that game? Like literally, Tristan Thompson had nineteen boards. I mean, it's like. Tristan Thompson sucks. He had a double double, twenty three and nineteen. That might be his best game of all time. Like it's like, yeah, and of no course, kidding. Of course, it would come against us. Like, of course, Tristan, Tristan Thompson was signed by this big contract because apparently LeBron wanted him and everything like that, and he sucked. Like I don't know what his career average is, but it has to be like what eleven and six or something like that. Like I've never seen him have a big game at all ever. And that's the thing is that you know he has this just monster game, and you have this guy named Colin Sexton, whoever the hell that guy is. Yeah, he's a rookie. And, yeah. yeah. And he goes 13 for 23, over 50% from the field. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, they only had three bench guys play. <laughs> the Cavaliers had three bench guys play, and they whooped our ass. Yeah, I mean, it's really like, bad. How is that possible? I don't get it, man. I texted really you the, bad. I texted you the score, dude. I texted you the score. I yeah, said, I got it. What? The box score. <laughs> Yep. I, was like, well, I was like, what in the actual F? Like, it, was bad. I was like, it was so dumb, dude. I just don't, I don't get this team. I'm, I, 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 like, we had a three game win streak, and we're like, oh, we're feeling good. And all of a sudden, you go out there and you're like, oh, yeah, the, the Cavs, they, 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 they suck, we'll win. And you get blown, you get basically blown up by 15 points. Yep. It, it, that's it, the it, season it, in a nutshell, right there. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, We'll keep an eye on them as they play this week. And then also next show, we'll touch a little bit more on the Caps after I see them tomorrow night. That's right. I want to hear that first-person experience. I will. I will. Uh, We'll step aside real quick, and then we'll come on back for the final segment here of the DC Crossover. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit perandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC Crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571 510-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. Welcome back. Final segment here of the DC Crossover. Again, the show where we touch on all the DC sports. This episode, we were able to talk a little Washington Redskins and then the uh, the terrible Washington Wizards. Man, it has been negative shows of late with the way these teams have been performing. 
luckily, the, the Caps are still good. Um, and then the Nationals making some moves as well. So uh, we feel free to go back and listen to the other segments if you haven't already, if you want to listen to some Redskins talk. And then we touched on the Nats and the Wiz. But we'll finish up our show this evening with the two little segments here that are not really sports related. We've got a two point conversion where we talk about uh, some good things happening on uh, outside of sports in our lives. And then we've also got the pine pony express where we talk a little news stories. So Mike, you've got, uh, you got something going on tonight. Is that right? I do. And that's going to be my two point conversion. And uh, it's a, it's a holiday party. It's not uh, anything to do with me. It's actually my girlfriend's holiday party and stuff like that. And the, the one big thing I want to ask you, Mr. Simpson, is holiday parties. You know, and that's another thing. I don't know if you had it on one of your you know, your, your uh, episodes of your other podcasts uh, lately. Um, but uh, I want to hear a do and don't of holiday parties. Because sure. That's the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, what do you do? I mean, you can also say it for what do you do at the holiday party or uh, is the holiday party like, you know, what do you do for setting up the holiday party? What do you don't do for setting Because obviously some of the holiday parties that I've heard as of late, because now they're starting to really ramp up because we're getting close to Christmas, is like there's a lot of parties out there that are really late. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to have it for like an hour and then there's going to be like you know, a punch bowl. You know, it's like and bring your own candy or bring your own lame dish like stuff like that like i want a place to go all out like if it's going to be like a thank you to your you know, merry christmas and all that stuff to your employees or whatever it be i want to have free food there i want to have it catered i want to have drinks there i want to have some music and i want to have some conversing because overall it's like you have some of these these lame parties which i've heard some of my friends and some of my uh co-workers stuff of other jobs stuff like that uh had these parties that are just like like i said you go there, it's a punch bowl. It's like that office episode where they didn't know to go to Angela's party, they went to go to Pam's party. <laughs> I wanna go I wanna go to Pam's party because Angela's party, yes, she has great brownies, but that party is lame with the nutcracker music and all that kind of crap. I wanna have some cool music, I wanna have some good conversations, you know, some good laughs, stuff like that. Some Make drinks memorable. Gotta have yeah, some good yeah, drinks yeah, going yeah, as well, course, especially of course, you. Of course. You're a dance yes. fiend after a couple beers, that's for sure. Uh, a, a dance fiend, that's what they call me. Well, Mike, here's fiend. here's what here's what you're gonna do. Now if you're attending a holiday party and they ask you to bring a dish, here's all you have to do. You go down to your local KFC, right? You get a big old bucket of chicken. And then here's what you do. You put the chicken in a dish, um, like a, a nice fancy plate or something like that. And then you cover it up and you bring that and you tell everybody, I made some homemade fried chicken. And then your your fried chicken will be the talk of the party is, man, yeah. Mike makes some great fried chicken. This tastes just like Popeye's. And they will not know that is an indeed... It is Popeye's. Popeye's competitor. Oh, it's Popeye's competitor, KFC. I think. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. I was talking. I said KFC. Yeah. <laughs> I, I apologize. See, they'll, they'll be so confused. They'll be like, "Wow, some of this." Or you get a little bit of both, and they you put you put them both in there, and then they they go, "Wow, this is incredible." He makes two different kinds of chicken that both yeah, taste like K- fast food Kentucky chicken. And Louisiana. I think uh, <laughs> a big don't for the holiday party is. Um, yeah, I, I would say don't. So while you want to be, uh, you know, fully. Uh, you know, liquored up at, at, at the party. If you, you get a judge, kind of the level that's happening, definitely don't be the drunkest guy at the holiday party because, especially if you work at that business, everyone oh, yeah. will know that and, uh, and think of you in that mode for the rest yep. of the time that you're employed. New nickname for him, Drunk Ben. Exactly. It could be the <laughs> middle of July at that point, and they're going to remember. Hey, remember Christmas party? Oh eight, you were crazy. <laughs> we can't take <laughs> this guy seriously. <laughs> 
and you'll never be able to live that down. So I'd say find the drunkest guy at the party and just make sure you do not get past that point. <laughs> you don't get to that, that, that level. That's, that's a level that you have to draw the line. At. And maybe you just hang out with the drunkest person at the party. So when people come up, they go, oh, my God, Angie is wasted. And then you look like fine next to her. You're like, oh, wow, Mike, how are you doing? Uh, and, and meanwhile, Angie is, you know, doing the worm on the floor. Um, and you're all set. So yeah, is this so? This is a holiday party where you're the kind of the plus one in this scenario. So that's yeah, that's, that's yeah, exciting because yeah. then you get all the free food and drinks, and and you don't even have to know anybody. Well, the problem is it's so late because in, in this this work setting, it's it's a little bit later. Um, and problem is it's a Monday, and I have to get up tomorrow at like five a.m. So yeah, what are they like, doing doing a holiday party on a Monday? It's, I don't I don't know, man. They don't want to affect the business or something. I don't know. It's like. Yeah, I, I, when, when, when Jen told me about it, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. And then, you know, some people don't even know it's a holiday party. Oh. People, people, it's just, it's poor planning planned. here. Poor yeah, planning. Like, oh, you got to get like an email together. Piece. You got to CC yeah, gotta, everybody gotta, on the email. Yeah, you got to get something going or a mass text or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Make, it, make it fun because, yes, they're going to have free food there. And then the whole entire drink situation is is a debacle. No one knows. If uh, if it's a uh, free free drinks or if it's a, a limit for drink, I don't I don't know what the hell it is. I mean, honestly, uh, I heard I heard tonight that apparently it's starting even later than they expected. So I'm gonna be there for literally like 45 minutes. So I'm like I'm gonna stuff my face, tell Jen, hey, I'll see you at home, and I'm gonna come back here and pass out watching Game of Thrones or Hard Knocks now that I got an HBO account. So there you it's go. Gonna be, uh, yeah, there you go. So it's gonna be a little uh, little little good night for your boy over here. I like that. I like that. For me, I guess my two-point conversion would be uh, on Saturday night. I went to see one of the great Christmas classics, and that would be Will Ferrell's Elf. Um, so I saw Elf on Saturday evening. They did a, the repl- uh, like a, a playing... At Alamo? At, uh, not at the Alamo, but actually down at the Starplex um, okay. in Ashburn. And uh, So it's the 15th year anniversary of Elf. So we went and saw oh, wow. that and had a little Jeez, I'm old. Mexican food <laughs> there at Senor Tequila's over there in Ashburn uh-huh. as well. And uh, just got your boy had some tacos, had some chips. And then, of course, you go right to the movie theater and immediately get popcorn and candy. And man, my stomach was feeling great. Future um, firefighter. And then, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, saw a nice little movie. And then we also walked the Light Up Festival right there off of yeah. uh, 28 or nearby One Loudon or whatever. Uh, we went to that as well. Overpriced. How was that? Overpriced. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I heard about it because my aunt went there and I texted her. I said, I said hey, KP, is this good? Is, is it like, is it it was like fine. Nice to to? It was fine. It was not. I don't know if it was twenty five dollar fine. Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Oh, it's twenty five. Well, maybe. Maybe it was thirty. I don't know. Oh, jeez. It ripped you off. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was worth that much, but it was. I mean, it's, it's just a bunch of light up stuff. It was cool. Uh, we walked around for you know ten fifteen minutes. Got in the car. It was too cold. Drove home. So uh, I don't know if I got 30, my money's worth. worth. <laughs> but uh, that was that. Uh, last, yeah, last thing here. We'll get to the Pine Pony Express. Mike, I will go first here. Please. So, as I mentioned to you off air, this story is a little sad. Um, so don't get too upset when I tell you this. <laughs> um, so the headline is Irish woman who married ghost of 300 year old pirate. I says saw this story. <laughs> they have split up. 
This is sad, Mike. Uh, Amanda I Teague. Saw this story yesterday. <laughs> she's 46. She was married to the Haitian pirate named Jack earlier this year. Ooh, Jack Sparrow. Um, the wedding to her soulmate took place on board a boat in international waters off the Irish coast. Uh, but apparently, the couple has called it a day after less than a Ooh. year. So she uh, she let everybody know the marriage is over, and she uh, said she'll explain it uh, in due course. Let's again remind folks that this is uh, not real. This is a ghost, um, <laughs> and he was executed in the 1700s, but uh, she, she married him. him. She married him. She loved him. And uh, they've split up now. So put them in the in the hall of celebrity uh, weddings. The um, you know Kim Kardashian and Reggie Bushes <laughs> and uh, Kim Kardashian and um, God, Chris, it was it was Chris. Chris who was Chris, it? Uh, it was Chris. Um, God, what's his name? Because he played on the Wizards. Yeah, he was Humphrey. such a bad basketball. Humphrey. Chris Humphreys, nice Paul, nice Paul. Yes, nice. Uh, he was he was <laughs> awful. So this was this is kind of up there as a uh, three hundred year old pirate. Um, I like the concept that she said that you know the couple has called it uh, quit. So like both yeah, of he, them are agreeing. He had a big uh, say in it. That is just they're gonna have to go see other people. He's gonna you know see other dead people. I assume. Um, and she's gonna maybe see living people, but then again, if this is uh, if if you're a, a, a potential bachelor and this is the woman that you end up with, um, there's gonna be some issues. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that comes from the Irish Post. That's where oh, I get Irish all my Post. news. Yep. Oh really? I didn't know that was a that was a good uh, yeah. location to find the post. It's a great. I like to keep up with the uh, the old Irish. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I wonder how the sex was. Um, you know, Mike, I didn't ask. <laughs> they don't. They didn't mention it on the Irish Post. Um, maybe I'll email them and see and follow up for you. Ah, oh, such warm embrace. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so mine is a little less uh, serious than that, obviously, but um, in Northern Illinois, uh, football players suspended from team for running naked with Oreos wedged in butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, it's in Byron, Illinois. Okay. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I don't think so. But 10 football players at a Northern Illinois high school were suspended from the team for three games last month after they ran across a field naked with Oreo cookies wedged between their buttocks. Um, huh. I, I, I don't know why it's a huge story, but okay. Um, the Byron high school players were suspended for indecent exposure but the school administrators concluded they went on the quote-unquote Oreo run at the school's football field voluntarily and were not victims of hazing. <laughs> right. So, um, this is just yeah. something that these guys like to do. Um, you know, it, it's not always Oreos. Sometimes they throw some Chips Ahoy up there. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes they get yeah, a, nice, a nice mimosa. Um, and uh, they decided uh, this was the day that they were going to go with the old uh, cookies and cream, and it did not end up so well for 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 the boys. Unfortunately, I like. The fun, hey, the funny thing was though was that they they basically said they were forced to sit out. This is a very short article, by the way. Sure, they were forced to sit out November nineteenth, seventeenth, and twenty third, which the twenty third game. Uh, or twenty uh, November twenty third game was the last game of the season where they lost the state championship. <laughs> wow! No oh, man, I bet that Oreo was worth it, man. They lost the state championship because they had their top three guys uh, 
you know, running around with Orioles wedged up their ass. So yeah, they lost this championship. You know how they say like you, you know you lost it by an inch. Yeah, they, that team lost that championship by an Oreo in the butt. You know that's that's gonna be that's gonna be the new use of uh, of measurement uh, uh, yeah. of failure. I just don't get these people, man. It's like they said they weren't victims of hazing and stuff like that, and it's like. They just I, thought of it on their own, I guess. Yeah, they went on the quote-unquote Oreo run. Like, like I, I don't understand it. You're, number one, you're in high school. It's not like you're drunk in college and you're like, oh, let's go streaking in the quad. You know, it's like you're literally sitting there and you think, okay, you know, if I'm at a party, like, I never went to high school, you know, house parties because I never had any in my area pretty much. And there's always one that got shut down at like, you know, eight. So it's like I never went to them, and nor would I because my parents would kill me. But at the same time, it's like you look at it and say, these guys are in high school, okay? They're in Illinois, okay? It's obviously going to be cold there. What's the big thing that goes on in your mind says, I need to wedge an Oreo up my ass with two other buds on my football team and run across the field? Like, there's something has to be fishy about this. Yeah, what I like is what I like is the fact that not only the, the streaking part wasn't enough, but they were sitting there at the kitchen table and they were going, you know, how can we make this better? And, they, and, and, and one of them looks over at the pantry and he goes, I, I have I have an idea. And, uh, and 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 forever their their lives were changed at that point. I got, I got an idea, guys. Yeah. Thank That's God trying, they didn't just have me. they didn't just have pineapples or something. That would have been a disaster. I'm going to make this a little sweeter if you catch my drift. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Instead of dunking in the glass, they dunked in their ass. Um, oh, there so you go. go. <laughs> That's the go. motto. <laughs> That's the oh, motto man. of this show. Yeah, Absolutely. That's our Pony Express, though. Yeah. Two, uh, two, two, two uh, stories of morons. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's just nuts, dude. Well, oh, man, I guess. I love, that. I love that segment. Yes. I think we always are. We, we've had to have some good luck lately with some of the yeah, stories lately, that we've been able to talk about. <laughs> There's just enough idiots out there where we're able to <laughs> uh, fill this segment quite nicely. Well, oh, yeah. I hope you. Uh, have a nice evening, Mike, at the holiday party. That you'll be there for about 20, <laughs> 20, 25 minutes, maybe. Yep. Um, I, hey, I, I can eat a ton of food in 20 minutes. I'm not too worried about so it. So you, you mentioned you aren't sure about the drink situation, but you know there's got to be free food, right? Yeah, there's going to be, um, uh, man, uh, supposedly, from what I hear around the rumor mill, is that there's going to be a lot of fine dining food? So it's not like going to be this. They don't need it's not that. Gonna be, it's not going to be this. Oh no, not fine. Not, not like not, not like sit down proper. Food. Uh-huh. I'm, talking okay. like, I'm talking about like high class, like really good food that you know they have. I don't know if it's catered. So nothing what it's says be, high but, class than a Monday night party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. It's good. Oh man, that, that planning when it's. Ask if they have Oreos on the menu. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's it's a little cold outside, so uh, might be a little chilly to uh, to try to get it up there. <laughs> Well, you have fun. Keep me keep me updated. I will uh, let you know about the Red Wings Caps game tomorrow. How yeah. I'm sure you'll be watching on the television. Um, I will be. And uh, for the folks at home listening, f- feel free to like and subscribe, as well as rate and review the show, and check out our other Please episodes. Do. Please do. Yeah, go ahead and throw throw one up there. It takes five seconds or so, and it helps us out. Um, and then keep in mind again, as always, we'll be. Uh, keeping you up to date with all the latest DC sports news, not only on this show, but also on Twitter at the DC crossover. And then Mike is at Cerrone 16. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, we've got some, some fun 
plans for 2019. And then we'll also here before we finish off this year, we'll do some new year's resolutions for every DC oh. team. So we'll do a special episode coming up in a couple of weeks where we'll give the resolutions for each DC team. So stay tuned for that as well I as like that. some of Mike and I's resolutions for 2019. So we got that, a lot of fun. Not come true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The ones that we'll do for two weeks. Um, and uh, now I want some Oreos. So we'll, uh, we'll, that about does it for the show here, the DC crossover. Any final thoughts, Mike? Oh, final thoughts, final thoughts. Um, not really. I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, this month is going to be fun for our podcast because of the sole fact that, you know, uh, we're, we're thinking about some, some fun ideas to do, maybe rip off a couple ideas from uh, radio shows and different things of that nature. And uh, we also might have um, some live streaming where you guys can hang out with us. Like we mentioned last week where uh, we might be watching a, a Caps game or something like that over the winter holidays and uh, and make sure that you guys can watch it with us. And we'll have a camera set up. Me and Ben will have a cooler full of beer and we'll sit here and we'll watch the Caps game and uh, we'll, we'll do some fun things with that as well. But uh, some, some good topics to come up and, uh, and some, some fun episodes uh, where we're not just talking about the Redskins losing and, and playing some guy that is just basically playing Madden to learn guys' names and uh, <laughs> different, different stuff of that nature because – you know, some of these episodes, you know, people, like I said before, Ben, as you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they some people really just tune into the episodes just for the fun stuff. And uh, that's why I always go on uh, after I edit. When I upload the episode, I always put the timestamps on the bottom of the of the of the description and everything like that. So people can just fast forward through all the boring stuff and go to the funny stuff. Uh, but that's why we try to throw in that kind of stuff as well. So we appeal to all the masses of audience out there. Uh, that are listening to the show, but it's going to be fun though, dude. We got a lot of good episodes, a lot of good content and uh, ideas to come, but it's, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like obviously this week is a little bit busy for us, but hopefully next week and uh, the next few weeks in the holiday season is going to be a, a little bit more upbeat in person. Absolutely. That is Mike Cerrone. Have fun at your party. I am I Ben Simpson. And again, this has been another episode of the DC crossover.